0: Now here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett.
1: Well, here we are, like, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's that time of the month again—the last Wednesday of the month—and we always invite our good friend Peter Wood in uh, for a segment of "Let the Sawdust Fly." But today, Peter, you got a special thing going on. Uh, I I think it's fair to say before I ask you to introduce your guests uh, DJ and Kate uh, to say that this event that's taking place this weekend over in Hayward the Hayward uh, Lumberjack World
0: Championships
1: it's like the like the Super Bowl of lumberjacking is that not right
0: <laughs> it kind of is Brad hello folks great to be back in studio and talking to all the folks out there wanting to hear about the timber industry and. Yes, uh, Hayward Lumberjack Days World Lumberjack Championships that are held every year. We lost last year because of all the junk going on, but they're back this year, folks. And it's one event that uh, not too many loggers are competitors in, I guess, I found out in the parking lot. But uh, a lot of them find great interest, and in, amazingly how much is into going into doing this in the crowds and what really goes on. Because I remember growing up as a child, back... 60s and 70s. I think it was the 70s. I saw it for the first time on Wide World of Sports. I saw Hayward Lumberjack mm-hmm. days, and I thought, "Wow, that was cool." And I guess I was most impressed, folks, with probably the chainsaws. I was watching those things just rip through it, and I thought, "Why don't our saws cut like that?" <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's it's a pleasure to have Kate and DJ here. Kate is a competitor, and 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 um, very knowledgeable of what she does as a daytime job, and this is more of a hobby. Think about that, folks, buying razor-sharp no axes, swinging by your feet as a hobby. (laughs) A little bit dangerous, or climbing a 90-foot pole as a hobby. So the folks in Hayward, I hope you're listening. I hope you have a great turnout. And one other thing I just want to mention about this is that I noticed in the past, and I was talking to them out in the parking lot a little bit, is when these competitors and the folks show up for this event, there's no kneeling. People take their caps off for the Pledge of Allegiance. They're very, very patriotic. None of the competitors that I have ever seen take a knee. They are there, and they are proud to be Americans. They're proud to have this opportunity and live where we get to live and get to do what we get to do. And the timber industry is very vital, important about for these things. And they're there competing. And talking to them, you, Peter. It, to, to me, it is very important. And all well, this knee is, junk is a bunch of garbage to me. And if you don't like it, it that's it, too bad.
1: Yeah, it truly is. We, we live in a, we we live in a flawed society. We know that there there are problems in in everything that happens in the world. But this is still the greatest country in the world to live in, and we should be thankful we have an opportunity to do what we do here. And uh, I'm quite frankly uh, just thrilled to hear what you just said. But i got to ask, uh, Kate, what in the world caused you to think uh, taking a sharp axe and chopping up uh, pieces of wood would be a great recreational opportunity? What do you do, what do, you do normally during your day-to-day hours? What, what kind of work do you do?
2: Yeah, during uh, during the school year, I'm a teacher, actually, and uh, I got started okay. in, yeah, it's a little bit of a, um, of a sort of to lumberjack sports, but I got started in college at UW-Stevens Point, Point. Um, and I guess everyone that, you know, looks at it and says, I think I can do that might, might have a screw loose or two, a little bit, little, you've got to be a little bit crazy to jump jump on a block of wood sure. and swing an axe at your feet, um, but it looked like a blast, and the first time I swung an axe, I was hooked. Wow.
1: Well, I I would imagine it's got to be a great release for pent-up energy. I mean, teaching in the classroom is very uh, uh, cerebral. It's not necessarily physical, uh, but this would be a great way to vent some of your frustrations from the day-to-day world, wouldn't it?
2: Sure. Yeah, you can look at it that way. I'm I'm pretty lucky. The school I teach at, we do a lot of outdoor learning, um, a lot of experiential stuff. Um, so I'm out in the uh, out in the woods with students actually quite often at the school I teach at. But yeah, I guess probably when okay. I started this sport, I, uh, you know, you look at it as letting out some aggression. But I think probably the more competitive you get in it, now that I compete at the professional level, I'm. You got to be. Uh, you got to look at it pretty cerebrally, actually. Um, you know, you you go into the events really focused, and and it's a little bit more uh, of an athletic sport rather than just bashing out uh, at logs. Uh, eventually, Kate, could you yeah. tell
0: the folks out there the first time you met was it? I think Nancy was trying to see who had the ability to actually swing and not hit themselves with this sharp thing called the axe. <laughs> Could you explain to folks how that took place and what really happened and how all of a sudden she saw something? Could you tell folks that?
2: Sure, yeah. I think if you want to get started in this sport, there's a couple different routes. You can be born into it and your family does not and so you kind of just jump on an X when you're a a young kid. Um, But I started in college and so uh, I needed a mentor and and luckily a lot of competitors uh, take new people under their wings and there's a lot that goes into this sport, so you really need someone to support you. And Nancy Zaleski, who was a Hayward native, lives in Manitowoc now, was really one of the pioneers of women in this sport. She really um, drove women, female competitors, and um, she's still a really competitive competitor today. Um, and she was uh, mentoring the college students at UW-Stevens Point and invited a carload of kids over. And her, her methods of coaching was just, uh, here's an ax, here's a block of wood, step up, let's see what you got. Um, and she worked with us from there. Um, and that first time, I was nervous as I'll get out. But um, she put me up there, and she trusted. She trusted the process, and so I did too. And I took a swing, and luckily I wasn't swinging hard at that point. And the first block I ever cut, I glanced and. Uh, the axe went into my shoe but we were Ooh. yeah <laughs> we were protective chainmail, kind of like a medieval chainmail. so the uh the axe sliced my shoe tip right off but my luckily my toe stayed there <laughs> and that was the only time i've ever hit my foot since
1: <laughs> now kate how long have you been doing this as a sport how, i mean i i know you you learned it but then competitive wise how long
2: yeah, I've been doing it since about 2011, so about 10 years now, and the first couple of years was pretty slow, but once I got into it and started going to more and more competitions and started traveling around the country to comp- to train with other competitors, um, it really started picking up, and so I've been competing professionally for about eight years, and then um, in some of the bigger competitions for about five years. All kinds
1: of crazy questions are rattling around in my brain, so forgive me if I'm asking <laughs> stupid questions. But, but I started thinking, do you uh, uh, sharpen your own axe or do you have a service that you know that you can depend on that'll do it right for you?
2: Yeah, that's actually a really good question because the gear that we use for competitive lumberjack sports is is not gear you can go down to the ACE hardware and pick up. This gear is. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's specialty made, and and I order a lot of my gear actually from New Zealand and Australia, um, specialty made for racing. Um, And a lot of competitors do learn to sharpen their own axes and grind their own axes, um, but that is a whole a whole different ballgame in itself. You have to be really meticulous and know what you're doing. So that's something I'd like to learn how to do eventually, um, but it, it's something I would really need to invest in and go, go train with somebody how to do it. Right now I'm sending my axes to actually a forester up in uh, northern Minnesota just outside of Cook, Adam LaSalle. He grinds most of my axes. Um, oh, and, uh, okay. Yeah, he's doing pretty good with that. Now the other question
1: that came to mind is would your axes be – heavier than the one that they normally would use in the woods to let's say limb down trees or is it actually lighter so that it's competitive wise
2: yeah i would say it's probably a little heavier um um it's a, a different build entirely there's a bigger face of the axe bigger blade it's sharper um and it depends the weight of the axe depends on the event that we're doing so a lot of competitors have uh a library of axes to choose from, depending on what they're cutting. Um, I, for the first time in my life now, I've been doing this for 10 years. I consider myself—I'm just starting to get gear rich. I call it. Um, so I'm having enough enough axes where I can pick and choose rather than just cut one with one axe. But um, yeah, my axes are between five and six pounds each, um, and for different events, I'll want a heavier or lighter axe depending on what I'm cutting. Okay.
1: Excellent. Well, we've got all kinds of questions we need. And, of course, we want to get DJ uh, into this as well. So we're going to take our first uh, break of the uh, of the segment this morning, Let the Sawdust Fly. And then we'll come back with uh, Peter and his guests here on Let the Sawdust Fly. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scotch pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing,
2: sing, sing.
1: I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day.
2: He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day.
1: I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the laboratory. And I go to the laboratory.
2: Oh. I still love that.
1: Peter, I have had people I have had so many people ask me, Is that Peter Woods actually singing that song? Uh I'm not that
0: good of a singer actually. You don't want me singing. <laughs> Just uh. not very good at singing at all, folks. So I'll stay to my day job all the time. But uh there you go. no back, back uh thanks, Brad, but back to the Hayward lumberjack days we have a DJ here who runs it. Yeah. it gives a thumbs up or thumbs down if somebody completes the cut rate right and that but DJ, you want to elaborate on the days and uh, what goes on a little bit, and uh, the competitors kind
3: of. Absolutely no, it's uh, you know it's 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 right here. It's uh, it's right around the door. Um, you know we we are uh, we're firing uh, we're firing competition right here on Thursday, this Thursday, and we'll be going uh, all day Thursday, Thursday evening into uh, Friday, and we will crown the champions on uh, Saturday night. So it's uh, it's right on us, Peter. DJ,
1: can you, this is Brad Bennett? Can you uh, can you maybe run through the different competitions that are there? I mean, I think most everybody, maybe that has seen a blip of uh, uh, this on Wide World of Sports or something, they know that there is uh, uh, log splitting, and they know that they see chainsaw cutting. But there's so many more other things. What what uh, do you have a list of
3: competitions? Sure, Brad. Um... You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great venue to host a competition. Kate could probably tell you that because she's been around the country uh, to different venues. But, you know, in Lumberjack Bowl there, we have the uh, 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 climbing trees on the backside, and that's 90 feet. So we do have some 90-foot climbs where the guys go up and down. Uh, we have a 60-foot climb. Uh, we also have active log rolling uh, going on. This is the log rolling uh, world championships as well, Boom running. Uh, where they race from one side of the bowl all back over to the other side. Uh, in addition to all the different chopping and sawing events, uh, we've got uh, you know, we've got uh, both the men and women's disciplines. We even have a couple of master's events. I think we've got one guy coming from Bemidji, Minnesota, uh, Dave Stadler. He's, uh, he's going to be, I think Dave's either 80 or 81 years old, and uh, he'll wow. be in a handicap event uh, uh, doing
0: his thing out there uh,
3: on the uh, underhand chop and one of the saws.
0: How does that work when you say handicapped? Because some people are thinking, uh, what are you talking about? So could you explain how that really works?
3: So like a guy like Dave, um, you know, based on his skill and his age, what we try to do, and, and we watch uh, you know, other performances, uh, anybody that's in the master's division has to be 50 years and older. But you take a guy yeah. that's uh, 50 in his prime uh, versus uh, maybe a guy that's uh, aging in his 80s, a little bit different, uh, uh, perhaps, skill set. So what we try to do is adjust their times based on the diameter of wood that they're cutting uh, to hopefully reflect uh, a very close finish. And we just adjust. So we'll start Dave out on goal this year, and then we'll have a couple other competitors that I think are going to be somewhere around 40 seconds behind him that'll probably come pretty close to catching them, uh, or maybe even beat them. Does he have so oxygen Peter, there or
0: what?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, P- Peter. Here's here's the way it really works out. So, w- w- somebody like Kate that would cut a log in maybe four seconds with her axe, it would take a guy like me, my age and physical fitness, about four days to cut that log. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, so Brad. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, so it, that's it's, where you it's get really the time frame. It is really something uh, about how how these folks do it. Uh, Kate, could you explain, like, on when you're going to chop what your event, do you look at the log? Do you mark it? What, what, what do you do from your – because you want – when you're there, I'm thinking, I'm a competitor. I'm not there to lose. I'm there to win. And if I can beat you by 20 seconds, I want to beat you by 30. What do you do when you look at – because it's not where you just throw the log down So start chopping. Could you explain to the folks out there what really – takes place
2: yeah i mean to to begin with the wood that we're cutting isn't just any wood that you fell out in the woods and then throw in the chopping stand it's specially picked for these events and then lathe turned um so that hopefully it can be as fair as possible and then yeah every competitor um like you said really wants to win does everything they can to win and a lot of that um, goes into the technique that we use when we're cutting so to prep the wood for different events you prep the wood a little bit differently but you're certainly marking out where you want to swing, where you want to cut. Um, the technique involves a certain amount of angles. The wood, the axes that we use in the wood, like a lot of slope. So if you go straight into the wood, it's just going to kind of thud. So you got to hit it at just the right angle for it to really slice through the wood and chip wood out. Um, and then, uh, so we, we, we make that face, we make that uh, V face chipped out. Um, the size is based on the diameter of the wood. So, if we're cutting ten-inch lathe turn wood or, or twelve-inch lathe turn wood or fourteen-inch lathe turn wood, like they do here at the Lumberjack World Championships, then we cut a uh, fourteen-inch face on each side of the block and cut through one side halfway and flip around as fast as we can and cut through the other side halfway um, at that face. That's the same diameter as the wood.
1: So, Kate, on a on a fourteen-inch log, is that what you're saying? These are in the in the uh, Hayward Championships.
2: Yeah, for the for the men, they're cutting a fourteen inch uh, lathe turned aspen. Yep.
1: So, when you hit it with one of your special axes that has been sharpened the way you want it to be, how many uh, hits do you have to make on an average to get through a log?
2: Yeah, a lot. Ten or? Uh, Yeah, a a little bit more than that. It, It also depends on the wood. A lot of that goes into reading the wood and. Um, in the sport, not only is there technique and kind of the physicality of how you're cutting, but you have to learn how to read the wood, we call it. So when we're prepping our blocks, we we go up there and we're turning those blocks of wood around. We're looking at the ring pattern, the growth patterns of the wood, if there are any knots anywhere. So maybe as that tree was growing, it was snugged up against another tree. So you got a little bit of a tighter growth ring pattern on one side of that block. That wood's going to be a little bit firmer. So you got to know where to put that in your cut. You can turn that block of wood around, however you want, so that you can hopefully cut through the fastest way possible some guys are are putting in six hits on each side and then turning um, so yeah 12 12 hits would be really good for the boys but uh the girls are around 10 hits on each side so 20 hits for the girls would be a real good a real good cut
1: okay now um to, for dj this this whole event the hayward uh world championship starts on thursday did you say
3: that's correct brad
1: okay and it runs through the weekend. So, it, can people buy a week long pass, or do they da- buy a daily ticket if they want to come watch different events?
3: You can do both. Yeah. So we got uh, we got the weekend uh, passes uh, all three days, and then uh, uh, you know individual tickets as well. And uh, just go to LumberjackWorldChampionships.com, uh, dot com, and uh, or just call down to that office, and and they'll set you up. So.
1: Super. So you so you could get a, a three day pass or a four day pass to watch the whole thing. Then, now you get some big crowds out there. I in the past uh, when I've watched this on television, you get some pretty big uh, turnouts.
3: Yeah, we do. It's uh, you know it's you know this is our 61st year, and uh, I think uh, you know Peter alluded to that earlier. I mean we were pretty blessed to have ABC World you know Wide World of Sports uh, back in the uh, back in the uh, 60s and 70s. Uh, Lynn Swan and that group coming in and doing our event, and so we got Hayward got put on the map there. But yeah, our, you know if everything goes well. Uh, we can we can easily hit ten thousand folks uh, for the weekend. You know, so when you put ten thousand folks in our little
1: community of uh, two thousand, um, it's rocking and rolling. You bet. Well, listen, guys, we need to take our bottom-of-the-hour news break. But as we do that, I want to remind everybody that uh, it's time to get out of the house and go for a ride. On Tuesdays, you can go for a two-wheel Tuesday night up at Cast Iron Bar and Grill Every Tuesday night, you can get $4.25, 22-ounce Miller Taps, and you can get a Smash Burger or Brats for $8 each week, along with prizes from Burnix, RJ Sports, Cycle, uh, Stokie's Meat Market, the Cast Iron Bar and Grill, Bike Night, every Tuesday From 6 to 8, Rain or Shine. And I'll tell you what, they got uh, other great things happening all week week long. Today, Wednesday at 7 p.m., they've got DJ Trivia at the Cast Iron Bar and Grill. Live music uh, this week. Thursday at 7 o'clock, Born Too Late at the Cast Iron Grill. And this Saturday at 7 p.m., Stone at the Cast Iron Grill. Find them on Facebook. Facebook for the weekly band schedules. Cast Iron Barn Grill off of Miller Trunk Highway in Pike Lake, and we'll be right back after Fox News. Ah, uh, yes. As we come back from break with a little woodchopper's ball, that,
0: that's that got to be Kate's theme music, I would think, uh, probably. I don't doesn't know. that sound so nice? I mean, you feel good and everything. And uh, we were talking off air here just a little bit, Brad, about uh, Kenny asked, if, uh, is, where do you compete at this, Peter? And I said, I don't, because I don't want to be laughed at like that. <laughs> <laughs> because, to folks, to do something like this, uh, you think that, it, you, yeah, I can chop wood. I can cut wood. Our hot saws go through wood in a second. We wouldn't a uh, competition, no problem, if we could use our machines. But that's not a reality. Is These folks train very extensively. And it's kind of like uh, folks that uh, out there that you know about baseball. A pitcher has to learn how to pitch and have all the mechanics right. A hitter has to have all the mechanics right. A linebacker has to get all their mechanics right. A lineman has to get all their mechanics just right in any sporting event. Because if you don't, you're not going to be very competitive when it gets tougher and tougher. And these folks do the same thing. They train the mechanics very, very greatly all the time. And if they don't get that down, you might as well forget it. And like, like Kate, when you do your chopping, do you have to look and make sure where you're cutting at exact angle? Because even a degree off with an expensive five-pound axe, you probably won't win.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, When you get to the upper levels of competition, um, you know, you're looking at hundreds of seconds in between first and second place. So um, we're trying to maximize as much power as possible and um, as much precision as possible as well. So that's kind of everything that we're working towards is is that precision. And I remember in in college when I was competing, I, I started coaching a little bit and we'd get, you know, guys coming in off the fire line from out west who are like, really ready to go want to really smash some blocks and we'd get them up there and they would just like kind of choke a little bit because they just wanted to hit things real hard and that is fun that's a fun part of this sport but you really have to have that precision that technique and really understand the way that you're cutting and like you said the mechanics of it the connecting all the pieces together uh, of your swing so that you're maximizing your power output
0: and you're using your legs your hips it's not just your arms here folks it's everything to get that like the crack of the whip when that wood hits that, when the axe hits the wood it's like a crack
2: yeah that's yeah. right yeah so if you go up there with just swinging your arms you're going to burn out real fast so your core is your most powerful part of your body so um yeah your body is the lever and the axe is the extension of that lever and so the longer you can make that lever the hopefully the more power you'll have um, when you're slicing through the wood
1: well that said you guys to all three of you um I'm wondering, are there any competitors that actually work in the wood industry as a living and then do this as a sport on the side
3: yeah brad you know i'll I'll run with that question um there are a handful, but i mean it's it's literally a handful i mean you've <laughs> these competitors come from all different diverse backgrounds i mean they're they're lawyers they're chemists they're uh uh you know. Uh, just a variety of different backgrounds, uh, teachers. I mean, you, you you just name it. So, I mean, these it's what they do on the side when they're not uh, when they're not working.
1: Sure, sure. So, very few, though, that uh, that are out in the woods like Peter every day of the uh, of the season, and then decide to do this uh, as a skill level as well. Correct. Very few of those. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you're trying to correct, are sense. you trying to get me to do this, Brad, or what? Uh, <laughs> you no, want to come no, down and laugh, see. don't you? I, I I know you. I know you've been known to drive
1: a, a bus, a school bus, or two in races, demolition yeah, Derby. And, and
0: I smash like. them up too. I've done that. I don't know if I'm welcome that one track back, but hey, <laughs> if I get a chance back, Kenny was in a bus race, but the one last one I raced in, I did two. I took out two buses in one race. Do you you find,
1: though, I'll bet you you do find, though, uh, and DJ, you might know this more than anybody, I'll bet you you do find a lot of people from the wood industry that want to come and and see this event because of the connection with their day-to-day work that they do.
3: Absolutely. I think it's just a great respect. I mean, Hayward was founded on uh, the logging industry back in the 1800s, and and I think it's just, um, again, it, when you look at the, the core value of all these athletes that come here, I mean, they're just, they're well-rounded people and I think have a great appreciation for, for hard work and, uh, and what they do. And, and I think uh, the, fans, uh, the fans want that too. They want to come here and they want uh, to see people compete hard and, and have the same kind of core values that, uh, that we all have as Americans.
0: Sure. Say, say Brad. Well, on, on, and um, just one real quick thing on Kate. On on um, what really drew you to this, to to come to Hayward, be a competitor. And that's not what your folks out there have no clue. What do you do for your main job?
2: Yeah. So um, I've been I've lived in Hayward for a few years now, and I've been coming to Hayward for. 10 years for lumberjack world championships and that's kind of all i really saw of hayward but uh, a job opportunity opened up where i um, i now work at northern waters environmental school which is a really small uh, project-based school Um, so we focus on um, interdisciplinary uh, experiential learning so instead of just kind of sitting the kids down in the classroom and saying here's this here's this here's this we're getting them out outside out in the field working with professionals we're on logging sites we're working with um, professional foresters and professionals in natural resources where the students get to meet these people see what they're working on and then kind of give it a try for themselves so they're they're learning through the experiences rather than just reading about it and that's really exciting
1: that's the whole concept that not all kids learn the same as other kids. Uh, Some kids learn by hands-on experience by being out in a logging environment much better than they would sitting in a, in a desk every day.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately kind of that's the, um, misperception sometimes that these kids uh, don't have the ability to learn but I you know if I had to sit in the classroom again for eight hours a day I don't know that I would do it do it very well either so yeah we get them out in the field where where they're learning and they're developing new skills and um, we have a very we end up with some really capable students
1: well Kate you sound like you would be an interesting teacher and I'm sure uh, kids really pay attention but uh, guys uh, Peter again a fantastic show today uh, but we, I think we want to make sure that everybody understands that anybody listening to the show this morning can jump in their vehicle and head over to Hayward uh, starting Thursday. What, uh, DJ, what time does this event kick off on Thursday and uh, what are the normal hours that people are there?
3: The, uh, the grounds open up at 11:30 each day uh, uh, Brad and and uh, the primary show uh, the finals uh, each day are, are, are uh, start at six o'clock and that show runs for about two and a half hours and and uh, you will see all the disciplines from the hot saw to the chopping sawing to the speed climbing and, and the log rolling and boom running so it's a uh, it 's a pretty well orchestrated show. i 'm proud to be part of it there 's a lot of people that uh, pour a lot of energy into it and uh, if you haven 't been to uh, to that event, uh, come down and check it out i think uh, you 'll find it very entertaining and you 'll see some uh, you 'll see some world class competitions
1: well and the whole the whole city of Hayward or the whole town of Hayward comes alive for this. there are so many things. Restaurants and bakeries have special things. Uh, You've got uh, uh, chainsaw uh, artwork going on. You got, I mean, there's a little bit of everything. It's really, uh, you can spend the whole weekend and really enjoy.
3: Absolutely, it's a great festival. There's a lot going on. You know, uh, you know, we even have a, a lumberjack run where people all get all dressed up in their uh, uh, lumberjack gear and do, I think, a five k uh, uh, run and walk. And so that's uh, that's okay. Saturday morning, and and it's just there's just a lot going on for our little community, and it's uh, it's just great. It's after last year, um, it, it's very much welcomed, and uh, looking really forward to uh, to this year's event.
1: Absolutely. Well, Peter, you outdid yourself again. A great uh, uh, great introduction to the Hayward Lumberjack World Championships kicking off Thursday over in Hayward. Uh, you're uh, probably going to want to take some time this weekend, take your family and go over there and just enjoy a great time uh, in a great town, Hayward, Wisconsin. It is, folks, so and if you can get you so out much.
0: there and uh, take a little run at it and look at it, and it's a great, great family event, very welcoming because we went there two years ago and it was actually very welcoming and you'll have a very good time watch very good honest competition but folks out there thanks for allowing us to come into your lives again about the timber industry and until later on hopefully we can keep the sawdust flying
1: you got it all right peter woods thank you kate wikowski and dj alderman thank you both for uh also coming on the show this morning and i think a lot of people will be heading over to hayward this weekend We have to take our Wisconsin news break and then we will be back to wrap up our number two here on Sound Off in the Morning.